Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. This is episode 9. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast series is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we're talking about book burning, two words that stir strong emotions in bibliophiles. The Nancy's staged what is probably the most infamous of all book burnings. On 10th of May 1933, thousands of books banned by Germany's National Socialists were tossed into fires. It was a statement of intent, redefining the nation's culture within strict boundaries. But people have burned books for almost as long as they have printed them. The Harry Potter novels are regularly burned for promoting witchcraft. The Satanic Verses were burned by Muslims in 1988. Burning a book is a very symbolic act. Words are not just being suppressed, they're being destroyed. In Nazi Germany, it became dangerous to own a book by Karl Marx, Sigmund Freud, Thomas Mann and countless other banned authors. Your bookshelf marked out whether you were a friend or an enemy of the state. Wolfgang Hermann, part of the Nazis' purification committee, is probably the most infamous librarian in history, as he was instrumental in drawing up the banned book list. More than 2,500 authors were deemed worthy of burning. Wolfgang's list is actually a really good reading list. Thanks, Wolfgang. Ernest Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms was banned. The Nazis want to glorify wartime struggle as they warmed up for World War II, and Hemingway's novel was a typical example of a writer sickened by World War I. Jack London had died in 1916, but was well-read in Germany. He'd become a vocal supporter of socialism, and that made him an enemy of the German state. His 1908 novel, The Iron Heel, depicts the rise of fascism in the US with a socialist hero, and that was one of three Jack London books to be burned. His adventure novels were not banned. Sigmund Freud was Jewish. All his writings before 1933 were banned. He left for England. Another on the list was dramatist Bertolt Brecht, who also fled Germany in 1933, a very timely exit. The creator of the Three Penny Opera studied Marx and wrote political films and plays which were banned by the government. Novelist Thomas Mann, famous for The Magic Mountain, won a Nobel Prize for Literature in 1929. But he wrote a book called Mario and the Magician in 1930 and portrayed the dangers of dictatorships. A marked man, Mann fled to the US where he campaigned for the Allies. Now here's the ridiculous thing about book burning. It's actually really hard to burn books. Yes, they are made out of paper, but they have a compressed form that isn't good for fire. I've tried to burn those ridiculous telephone directories that turn up on my doorstep. You can't just throw them in the fireplace. They'll put the fire out. You have to tear out a few pages at a time and throw them onto the fire. And I love bonfires. Sitting around the fire in the evening is my favourite thing about camping. It's hypnotic and wonderful to be in control of such a destructive thing. But for real book burning, it's all about the symbolism. If I wanted to get in the papers or on the TV, then I'd seriously find a way to burn some books, probably with the help of a large can of petrol. The 1933 book burnings in Berlin were accompanied by sing-songs, bands and crowds of onlookers. It was organised by two German student associations anxious to prove their allegiance to the new government. Books were actually very important to the Nazis. 
Mein Kampf was handed out at almost every official event, and they wanted a copy in every household. About six million copies were said to have been printed in Germany at this time. It was given to every couple when they married. Honeymoon reading? I think not. There was even a Nancy Book of the Month club. It was created in 1934 and promoted good German writers. Sadly, the Nancys were not a one-off. In terms of strict censorship, the efforts of the Soviet Union, beginning in the 1920s, would be the most obvious comparison. But let's also remember the Great Library of Alexandria was burned by the Romans in 48 BC. The British burned the Americans' Library of Congress in 1814. Islamist rebels in Mali burnt two buildings containing priceless books and manuscripts in 2013. In Kashmir, Muslim militants destroyed the Hindu books. ISIS destroyed libraries in Syria. Sadly, book burning will continue. The world is becoming more tribal and polarised along religion, racial and political lines. Groups will try to gain power and visibility by burning books. Book burning is the step after book banning. Book banning is widespread. How many articles do we see about a single parent complaining about To Kill a Mockingbird and succeeding in having the book removed from a school's curriculum? It's a monthly occurrence in the US. The good thing is that book banning and book burning always fail ultimately. Burning is scary because physical violence is the obvious next step for the aggressor, but it doesn't work. Ray Bradbury once said, you don't have to burn books to destroy a culture, just get people to stop reading them. This week, a new adaptation of Fahrenheit 451 was released. That's telling in itself. Even in this amazing age of instant mass communication via the internet, books remain powerful and relevant. Sure, people can burn them, but books and the people who love them just get stronger. Whew. Not many laughs there. Well, thanks for listening to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis from Ape Books. If you like the show, please tell your friends, or like it, or share it, or tweet it, or leave a comment, and we'll see you next time.